0: Welcome to the Cover Crop Strategies Podcast. I'm Sarah Hill, Associate Editor. Montag Precision Metering Equipment is helping producers achieve their yield goals while saving on seed and input costs. For establishing cover crops, Montag's family of seed platform equipment adapts to a variety of major brand delivery systems that will conserve seed and nutrients along with soil and water. Explore new options for your production and conservation goals with your Montag dealer or on the Montag Manufacturing website. Welcome to the Cover Crop Strategies podcast. I'm Sarah Hill, Associate Editor. Today, I'd like to introduce Dan Scheich, an Associate Professor of Animal Science with the University of Illinois. Dan will be discussing integrating cover crops into beef operations. Welcome to the podcast, Dan. So to get us started, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Yeah, so uh, again, my name's Dan Shike, and I'm an associate professor here in the Department of Animal Sciences at the University of Illinois. Um, I've actually been here uh, for about 20 years because I did all my graduate work um, here as well, but I grew up in western Illinois, uh, in a little town called Alexis, and actually my dad and brother still Uh, farm there, uh, row crops, and have a cattle operation. Uh, My research program here at the University of Illinois involves cow-calf nutrition and management, and I really like to look at uh, a lot of different aspects of the beef cattle industry and approach it from uh, a system standpoint. So, uh, of course, I have a lot of grazing interests, and and, uh, as well as uh, looking at some grazing alternatives, extending the grazing season, and that's certainly where some of my interest in cover crops comes in.
0: Absolutely. So I don't know how familiar you are with our podcast, but a lot of the time uh, our listeners maybe are coming at cover crops from the other side of the system where maybe they have uh, a crop system and they're looking to incorporate beef cattle and covers and grazing as kind of the last step rather than looking at this topic from the other way around. So I'm kind of excited to talk today about this angle of cover crop grazing.
1: Yeah, there's no question that the majority of the focus on cover crops has come from the agronomy side and from a row crop interest and integrating that into those systems. And as you mentioned, oftentimes, introducing cattle or grazing components kind of the last step there, but uh, certainly um, those operations that are integrated operations already with a a crop enterprise and a beef cattle enterprise have uh, a lot of interest in this and they they really do have a lot of questions and are curious how um, cover crops can fit in from an integrated system standpoint.
0: Absolutely. So let's go ahead and, and get to today's topic. What kind of planning needs to be in place for a beef producer to maybe take that first step into cover crops and uh, incorporating covers into their operation?
1: Yeah, so first of all, I think it's really important to kind of establish some goals. You know, what what are we trying to accomplish here? Are we interested in adding some uh, grazing days in the fall? Are we wanting to have some grazing opportunities in the spring? Or are we looking at uh, maybe putting in a cover crop to harvest and and put up as stored feed to be fed at a later date? And I think once we first establish what our goal is there, then there's certainly some other questions that are really important to the planning process. You know, what crop is the cover crop going to follow? What crop is going to come in after the cover crop? And then on the cattle side, some additional questions that need to be considered from a planning standpoint would be what uh, class or age of cattle are we wanting to um, utilize in this system? Do we have some weaned feeder calves and we're wanting to just uh, more for a stock or a backgrounding operation? Or are we interested in in running some cows or even cow-calf pairs out there? And and that will help us kind of identify what cover crop systems maybe would be the best fit and what we need to consider from um, planting and harvesting dates.
0: What types of benefits can cover crops offer uh, producers who traditionally have been more on the livestock end of things?
1: So from a a livestock enterprise standpoint and particularly in the beef cattle enterprise, our number one cost is feed costs and, and really Being able to control those stored feed costs or harvested feed costs are the number one determinant of profitability in cow calf operations. So, anything we can do to extend the grazing season uh, is certainly going to reduce those stored feed costs. And if we do have to put up some stored or harvested, forages. If we can have an additional crop like this that fits into rotation, that also is a good fit because sometimes those acres are just not available for growing an additional forage crop.
0: So then how can grazing cover crops affect soil health for livestock producers? And and keeping in mind, of course, that maybe soil health isn't the number one goal of a, a livestock producer, of course.
1: Yeah, and here's really where the questions uh, for the most part have come when it uh, relates to integrating these systems. You know, what are the trade-offs? We know that uh, introducing cover crops has tremendous impact and benefits from a soil standpoint, whether it's, you know, uh, preventing erosion, if it's increasing organic matter, uh, water holding capacity. Obviously, the the benefits are pretty well documented on that side of things. The bigger questions come, uh, what happens to these benefits when we now introduce cattle to graze these cover crops? And and I'll be honest, um, I would say we're really kind of at the forefront of, of answering these questions in that there's been some studies conducted on this, but the amount of research really assessing the impacts of cattle grazing these cover crops is pretty limited. But in some of the work that has been done, and and there's been some work done in Iowa, been some work done at University of Nebraska, for the most part, it it looks like that the the impact of cattle grazing is pretty limited in in such that uh, we still maintain a lot of the the benefit or the majority of the benefit that we see from introducing those cover crops. Now, there's several factors that can impact just how much influence grazing can have if we're grazing in the fall or spring can, can have an impact. And really it probably starts with where are we located in the country and what's the, the soil type and what uh, is the annual rainfall that occurs. Here in, in central Illinois, if we're trying to graze in the spring and, and it's a wet spring, um, the cattle can cause some compaction. And honestly, that's probably one of the number one questions or concerns that we hear about is uh, sh- surely cattle grazing out there is going to cause compaction, going to cause some soil roughness. And uh, in reality, it's pretty minimal. And in fact, if we're talking about grazing in the fall, um, honestly, there, there's really no uh, noticeable differences in, in compaction or penetration resistance or bulk density, any of our measures of compaction. And that's partly because of it probably being drier when we do that. And then also um, we have the benefit, at least in the upper part of the, the Midwest and U.S. here, of that freezing and thawing throughout the winter. And, and that's going to help alleviate some of that uh, uh, compaction that maybe occurs in the very, very top shallow parts of the, the soil. Now again, if we, if we are grazing out there in the spring and happens to be a very wet spring, there is the potential that uh, we could cause a little more damage then. but that's why we need to have you know a plan for grazing. But then we also, if we do intend to graze these cover crops, we also need to have some backup plans or some emergency plans. If weather um, throws us a curveball, we need to be able to adapt and, and be able to remove those cattle from those fields before we do any kind of damage.
0: So earlier you were talking about uh, the the benefits of grazing cover crops and you addressed a lot of the economic benefits. Are those benefits more from a short-term or long-term perspective?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. And I think it's one of the reasons why there is interest in integrating cattle and grazing into these systems. Because for a producer to integrate these covers, some of the economic benefits are a little more longer term. And it does take some time, even though there starts to be some immediate return, the the economic benefit tends to be a little longer term. However, if we can put cattle on that cover crop in that very first season, we're going to get some immediate economic return because what, like I said, every day that we're grazing a cover is another another day that we don't have to feed a stored or harvested feed. And so, you know, there's been um, uh, several cattle grazing studies. Now, uh, I mentioned earlier, there's limited work looking at the impact of cattle grazing on the soil, but there are a few more studies. Uh, looking at the benefit to cattle grazing from a a cattle performance standpoint and you know there's a a wide range as anybody that's dealt with cover crops knows that uh, it's probably a little less predictable and part of that has to do with when we get it seeded and and what kind of stand we have but if we if we get a good stand and there's been some studies that have shown you know there could be up to two three hundred dollars per acre of net return um, by putting cattle out there. Now, those are big numbers, and I will tell you that's probably at the upper end, um, because also I've seen in some studies where they had poor stands and they had, uh, you know, really just a few days of grazing, and and in some cases, you know, weren't even hardly able to recoup the the costs of putting in that cover crop. Um, And I think on average, it would be more reasonable to think that it would pretty easily net 50 to 100 $150 per acre, assuming kind of average conditions.
0: How then can growers go about quantifying that feed value that cover crops can offer?
1: Yeah, so it really probably depends on what class of cattle we have. If we're talking about a set of weaned feeder calves, that are, are grazing and more of like a background in your stocker operation. Uh, obviously we are uh, quantifying that by the pounds that are added, right? So we're, we're gonna put calves out there and say, you know, seven weight. And if, if they add a hundred pounds, well, we know what that added value is then from the added weight. And, and so that's, that's part of how that's quantified in addition to the feed savings. Now, if we're looking at a, a cow-calf operation, The goal of a a cow and and gestation or when she's lactating really she's just maintaining weight right so we're not talking about um, selling pounds but really what we're talking about there is our feed savings so really we could just compare it to what it would cost. To feed that cow, hay, and you know it's going to vary region to region. But if we value hay at, you know, whether you want to pick hundred or 150 or or more dollars per ton, we can pretty quickly calculate what our savings would be if we're able to graze those cows for for 30 days or 40 days or 50 days, out on those cover crops. And so that that's really how we we get down to the math of what is the economic return. It's it's how many days are we able to graze out there and, and every day, you know, kind of a general rule of thumb, I would say is it's about $2 a day. If we have to put that cow on a dry lot and feed her stored feed. So every day that we can get a cow out there grazing, we're saving $2 per cow. So, you know, we get to 30 days per cow grazing. We've probably offset the, the cost of seeding and the cost of seed to establish that cover crop. And anything after that is, is wrong.
0: We'll be right back to the podcast, but first, I want to thank our sponsor. Montag Precision Metering Equipment is helping producers achieve their yield goals while saving on seed and input costs. For establishing cover crops, Montag's family of seed platform equipment adapts to a variety of major brand delivery systems that will conserve seed and nutrients along with soil and water. Explore new options for your production and conservation goals with your Montag dealer or on the Montag manufacturing website. And now, back to the podcast. Have you seen that there are certain cover crops or cover crop mixes that are better for grazing or harvesting as forage to feed to beef cattle?
1: Yeah, great question. And again, I would say this is one of the areas where we need more research. Um, Certainly the, and I'm not gonna claim to be the agronomy expert, I'm sure you have plenty of other people you've had on this that could speak to that. But uh, from what I've observed that there's certainly trends to, you know, mixes and, and more species the better and a lot of interest in that. I would say from the cattle standpoint, there's not a lot of data comparing how these different uh, mixes compare to some monocultures. I think a lot of the initial cattle grazing work was probably done on, on monocultures, whether it's straight cereal rye or, or maybe some triticale. Um, we did recently uh, conduct a trial here at the University of Illinois where we looked at monocultures of, of rye and triticale and then we also had some blends that included uh, crimson clover with either the rye or the triticale, and, and we did uh, um, get uh, an increase there in, in yield and a little increase in quality. Um, we are currently feeding those cover crops, so that in that particular study, we actually harvested and ensiled those covers, and um, we are right in the to right wrapping up that feeding study. Those cows actually are going to uh, come off test here this this week, and so we'll be able to kind of see. How those cows performed on those um, various cover crops. But that's an area that I hope to see a lot more work in because I know there's a lot of interest in in going with uh, several of these blends and and really trying to identify which blends are, are gonna be best for cattle is is an interesting question. And you know, when we when cattle graze, particularly when there's multiple species out there, cattle are selective grazers. So they it's not like they're gonna go out and take a bite that will have every, every species present there. They may, but more than likely, as those different species are kinda at different maturities and, and different uh, palatabilities and different digestibilities, the cattle will kinda select them. And so it would be really interesting as we use some of those blends to kinda observe and characterize the, the grazing behavior within, within those blends.
0: Okay, so does the the method that is used to seed those cover crops, does that influence the resulting feed value?
1: It's uh, certainly seeding method and seeding date is very important and it's probably less about feed value or quality and it's primarily about feed quantity and, and certainly also what you're wanting to do. If you want to graze in the fall we have to get it seeded um, early enough and and it's going to vary region to region here where I'm located in in central Illinois. If we want to graze in the fall, we need to be getting that uh, cover crop seeded in August if at all possible. Maybe we could get by with an early September if we don't, if we have a little later frost. Uh, But that really then leads to seeding method because um, you know, depending on what crop you're following, that crop may not be harvested by then, and so you're going to be limited on seeding method. And there are um, certainly plenty of examples of aerial seeding over standing corn that have been successful. Uh, for that to be successful, we need a timely rain after that aerial seeding. If we don't have uh, timely rains after that, we can have some pretty poor stands. But uh, you know if uh, we can follow maybe a corn silage harvest or or even a high moisture corn harvest where it's coming out a little bit earlier then we can still get in and, and drill seed that uh, but it, again depends on what crop you're following uh, on what seeding method you can use uh, another project that we worked on here this fall and a collaboration with uh, some faculty in our ag engineering department is the use of robots to do under canopy seeding. So again, same concept, we want to be able to get those covers seeded prior to corn harvest. But instead of flying over the top and broadcast seeding, actually the robot is uh, traveling in between the rows underneath the canopy. And so we had some success with that. Again, it's still in the developmental stage, but uh, we'll certainly be continuing to explore that as, as an option as, as we move forward as well. Now, if you're only interested in grazing in the spring or harvesting in the spring, it's probably less important to, to have that really early um, harvest. It's obviously gonna be more important to select the, the appropriate species that overwinter well, but uh, we can get that cereal rye out uh, in you know later September and, and be fine and still have a very good stand in the next spring to graze or to mechanically harvest.
0: Great. Well, I look forward to hearing about the results of that uh, research done with the robot planting uh, cover crops. That's, I'm sure that's probably something um, not very many of our listeners would have considered, certainly.
1: Yeah, that's that's definitely. And again, it's it's a little uh, off in the future, but it, and. I don't think anyone foresees that being the only method, but it certainly could be another tool. I, I think, sure. you know, we need to be ready to consider drilling, uh, aerial seeding, you know, and if there's also a, another option to to go under canopy with some acres, that just gives more flexibility.
0: Absolutely. I know some growers have been experimenting with using a drone uh, to do some seeding of cover crops. So uh, Taking that to the next step of a robot is not a very big leap, certainly. So um, kind of thinking about timing of grazing, um, when during that beef animal's lifespan is best to graze cover crops? Is it better when they're, if it's a young feeder calf, or is it a a better choice when it's a mama cow and calf? what have you seen with, with the age of the animal influencing performance?
1: Yeah. And, and so I, I don't know if of any study where they've really tried to compare to come up with which classic cattle will do the best on cover crops, but I will tell you, I've seen experiments with the full spectrum. And, and so what that tells me is, is I I'm, I'm confident that, uh, Uh, really at at any stage of of production, we could utilize cover crops, whether it is that weaned feeder calf. Um, And I think even if someone was doing a, you know, a forage-based finishing system, cover crops could be part of that. And and there's no doubt that we can utilize them in the cow-calf sector, whether that's a a dry gestating cow, a spring calving cow in the fall there after she's weaned her calf, or even a fall calving cow with a calf at side. I've seen pairs graze this the biggest thing there, I'll go back to one of the first questions you asked me about planning, is just making sure you know your goals. And um, once you know what class of cattle and what timing you're wanting to utilize that, then uh, you know making sure that we understand what are the nutritional requirements for those cattle at that time and knowing what are the nutritional value or feed value of the covers at that time, that'll help us be able to determine if we do need to have any additional supplement um, and, and what other considerations we need to have, but, but I'm confident these covers can be utilized. And the other thing we gotta remember is more than likely, it, it's short term, I realize in some situations, maybe we are talking about a 60 or a 90 day, but for, for many instances, we're looking at more like 30 to 45 days of grazing this. And so really, uh, I think uh, it can fit in in a variety of, of different scenarios.
0: Great. What about stocking rates for cover crop fields? I know the the mathematics of determining stocking rates sometimes leaves both crop growers and livestock producers scratching their heads. So uh, talk a little bit about maybe easy ways to determine stocking rates for cover crops.
1: Yeah, I wish it was easy, um, and so I'm not surprised that, uh, as you mentioned, it might leave you scratching your head a little bit, because there's such a, a wide variety of approaches you can use, and you can have a pretty good plan, you can have a, a good assessment of how much forage availability you think you have, and, and you know what the requirements are of your cattle, and and uh, you do the calculations, you get the stocking rate, you put them out there and five days later, it rains a bunch and it gets really muddy and, and we trample some of that cover crop in and, and all of a sudden there's not near as much out there to graze. And so that's what uh, causes some problems. And it's also why I think there's you know, several different strategies for grazing that have been explored. One of those being strip grazing where we don't allow access to the entire field. Um, And so, you know, we have to be careful with that too. I think uh, one of the mistakes you can make by strip grazing is having that first strip be too small, because then we're really concentrating cattle in a small area there. But uh, as long as that first area is big enough, then we can, you know, whether it's every, every few days or every week, whatever it is, some people would be every day, you know, move that fence and allow a little more access what that does is, is if you do have a rain on the fourth or fifth day out there, the cattle don't have access to that entire grazing area and they're not going around and, and trampling in some of that other, they keep getting access to a new area, like I said, every day or every few days. And so some will, will go with the approach of they'll, they'll put quite a few cattle out there because they don't intend to graze for very many days. If it's such that you don't think you have a very long window of days that you can graze, then you're going to want to put more cattle out there to make sure that you get a a greater utilization. If you do have a long enough window before you want to put in the next crop, uh, you know, depending on what the plan is there, then you can go with a a lighter stocking density um, that will allow the, the cattle to be out there for for more days. So I know that wasn't an exact answer. There's not a a real quick and easy way of doing it. Um, And part of that is really because of the weather factor. Uh, If we knew that there was definitely two tons of available dry matter per acre, and no matter what we did, there was going to be two tons out there. Well, then I would be able to, to give you some very hard answers on how many cows and how many days you could be out there. But Unfortunately, those two tons could turn into one ton pretty quick, just due to some trampling loss.
0: Fair enough. If a grower chooses not to graze, but still harvests a cover crop to use as forage, what options do they have for harvesting methods?
1: Yep, great question. And because of the concerns over spring grazing and you know, are we going to trample some in and how much is available? Some want to be able to go in and mechanically harvest that. Now we still have some weather considerations and and we have to be dry enough and good enough conditions to get the equipment out there to mechanically harvest as well. So certainly uh, mechanically harvesting doesn't eliminate weather influences, but it is a nice alternative. I would say that, uh, you know, for the most part, that's probably going to be uh, chopped and ensiled or uh, wet baled and ensiled that way. Just again, given the in, in the springtime there, given the, the nature of, of those forages and how wet they are and the time of the year and the, the difficulty to, to have enough days to get some of those crops uh, dried down, that's probably going to be the, the method that's most commonly utilized. Nice thing about uh, chopping and ensiling, if we put that in an ag bag Um, You know, then we, we can store that and save it till, you know, the next fall or winter to feed, Um, because more than likely there's, if we're talking about a cow-calf operation, if we don't harvest it till um, there in that late springtime, we, we really don't have the need for that feed until the next fall or winter, but it'll store Uh, very easily in those ag bags for for that period of time. So yeah, I I would say that in is the most common method. That's the method that we've utilized here with some of our research on campus.
0: So once a grower goes to feed those cover crops uh, as forage or even grazing, are there any health issues that growers should be careful about and, and look for in those cattle?
1: You know, the the first thing I would say is, is whenever any forage, uh, as a nutritionist, my recommendation is always going to be to to get a sample and get that tested for nutritional uh, value. That's how we're going to be able to uh, determine what we need to do from a supplementation standpoint and for grazing, or if we're trying to come up with a total mixed ration for Um, A dry lot setting will know what other feed ingredients we should consider, but then to your point about about health considerations there's some good managed grazing management practices that we should should utilize. Um, You know, these crops if we're going out and grazing them when they're really lush and immature, we we do have to be careful there can be some metabolic issues bloat uh, can be a problem on some it's always good practice to turn cattle out to grazing something like that full. So um, we don't wanna turn them out hungry and, and let them overeat that way. We'd wanna make sure that they were full on, on some hay uh, and then we turn them out so they don't go right out and, and overeat. And if you have the opportunity to kind of maybe adapt and still feed a little bit the first few days, that can help with transitioning. I would say that that isn't often done, but it, but it can be helpful. There are a few other things, you know, there can, again, depending on, you know, cover crops, a, a broad category, right? And, and I've talked uh, about some specific options, but there's a lot of, there's cool season, there's warm season, we can graze really any time of, of the year. And and some of those, um, you know, if we're talking about like a sorghum sedan grass, and we have a drought situation, well, then we can have some issues with nitrate. Um, if we're talking about sorghum sedan, and after a frost, then then we can also have some issues with prussic acid. Um, there, there are some some concerns with some toxicities, and, and Kansas State has a, a put together a little guide on on some of those uh, cover crop concerns. That hairy vetch is one that uh, certainly comes up and uh, need to be aware of, and and there's some others that, depending on varieties, can have have some issues. So. Certainly, if you've only been using cover crops uh, on the crop side and it's the first time to look at using cattle and grazing, make sure you do a little homework there, make sure you understand what what species you have present and and make sure there isn't any grazing concerns for the particular uh, monoculture or blends that you have.
0: Fantastic. Well, that's all the time that we have for today. Uh, thanks so much for joining us, Dan, and talking about uh, grazing beef cattle on cover crops.
1: Well, thank you for having me. I enjoyed it and uh, appreciate the time.
0: For more information about all things cover crops, visit us online at covercropsstrategies.com. Once again, I want to thank our sponsor. Montag Precision Metering Equipment is helping producers achieve their yield goals while saving on seed and input costs. For establishing cover crops, Montag's family of seed platform equipment adapts to a variety of major brand delivery systems that will conserve seed and nutrients along with soil and water. Explore new options for your production and conservation goals with your Montag dealer or on the Montag manufacturing website. For more information about all things cover crops, visit us online at covercropstrategies.com.